by the end of this video you will agree with me that Bretton Woods institutions and the West are out to finish Africa financially. Why do I say this? Because Africans borrow at exorbitant rates, five times more than every other person borrows because Africa is a high risk market and we borrow in dollar denomination. The dollar, the local currencies are very volatile right now because of what, what is happening globally with the economy. And also the US is hiking its Fed rates. So it means that your currency is depreciating, but when you need to pay back, you take your depreciating currency, change it into dollars and pay back. African countries are in debt distress. African countries cannot even have money to invest in the education, the healthcare, the infrastructure, because their loans are due and the interest rates are so high and their dollar-based interest rates, and they have to pay. And Rwanda's president has entered the chat, and he's saying, this cannot work anymore. We have to change the way we think about lending to Africa. We have to change the structure of lending to Africa and the repayment model. Developing countries are constrained by a debt crisis, including higher costs of borrowing. This is causing economic disparities to widen and slowing down our collective progress towards the sustainable development goals. The primary cause of this crisis is high interest rates in developed economies in order to correct for years of quantitative easing. At the same time, Developing countries face exaggerated risk premiums for both currency and political risk, which are simply unjustified. Hello guys, how are you doing? Welcome to another episode of our conversations. My name is Indira Ganga. I'm a business journalist by profession and a digital content creator. I love coming on here, having conversations with you guys about black people, Africa, our empowerment and how we can rise up and take our rightful place at the global stage. You can connect with me on social media at Ondiro Ganga, where I document my life as a business journalist and a travel content creator across Africa. And very soon I'll start like doing more content that is people, food, culture related on top of politics. We are not living politics. This is a mountain that we are willing to climb till the end of time. Today I want us to um, talk about President Kagame's speech at the United Nations General Assembly. And I like the fact that it's almost like this time around when African leaders are going to UNGA, they synchronize the conversation. It's like they sat in a room and said, you're going to talk about this. You, you'll talk about this. You'll talk. And by the end, when you listen to all African leaders from a collective point of view, each and every one of them touched on issues that affect Africa in a pertinent way. And you know what the funny thing is? The West always has a hand in it. Today, I want us to discuss um, the financial structure and lending system that has been helping Africa, but holding Africa back. And this is something that President Kagame explored. And he said, so many African countries are in debt distress. Debt distress is a place where you don't have money to pay back the people you owe, but you need to pay them. Because if you don't pay them, they're going to tell every other person that you did not pay them back their money and nobody else will want to give you money. Now, that is a very fair, fair thing to do, but it doesn't take into consideration every other thing that leads us to this moment. Let's just look at what the data says when it comes to debt distress. 21 African countries 
are in debt distress. Out of 54 countries, 21. 21. And you know, Africa is a developing country. So in the developing countries, 21 of the low income in developing countries, like the poor of the poor, are in debt distress. Then the data goes on to say African countries, do you know how much they owe? They owe 644.9 billion to external creditors. 644.9 billion dollars to external creditors. Let us explore this for a while. Who is giving money to Africa in the first place? You know this is a continent that has challenges, but you keep giving them money, right? You just keep throwing money at what is the end goal at this? Because I also don't see thorough scrutiny when money is being given to Africa. These people, African leaders are very liable, but these people are, they are liable as well. They are co-conspirators because there's no way that you're giving a wasteful government money, a government that is not showing you how it's going to use the money, a government that is going to use that money for a current expenditure. It's almost like you borrow money to go buy chips and chicken. It doesn't make sense. How are you going to pay back the money? You borrow money to invest it in things that are going to help you earn back that money. If you take the money and you just put it into recurrent expenditure, you're not going to be able to pay $644.9 billion. Then it goes on to, to say, external debt owed by African countries is equivalent to 24.0% of their country's combined GDP. Of everything that you produce, 24% of what you produce is equivalent to what you owe. Do you know what that means? It means almost a quarter of everything you own doesn't belong to you because you need to pay back what you owe. Who are the biggest multilateral lenders? Of course, the World Bank, right? Who are the biggest bilateral lenders? China. And I now see why there's conflict between the West and China. Because China is gradually becoming dominant in the lending market and the terms with which China is not a friend of Africa. Let's also just establish that. Because the way they do business with Africa is very questionable. But they are threatening Western dominance in the lending market and the West do not want that. You understand? Sometimes I just look at this data and it makes me, it makes me very, 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 very sad. Listen to this. A 2023 report by the United Nations Development Program shows that African countries could save up to 74.5 billion if credit rating systems were based on less subjective assessments. Let's explore this for a while. This is something even President William Ruto spoke about. So credit rating systems, Moody's, Fitch, S&P Global, they will come to your country. They will look at ma macro and microeconomic indicators. Then they say, hmm, you dear, mm -mm, mm -mm, you're very risky. You're very risky. Then they'll grade you. Grade you based off of Western indicators. Indicators that they use in the UK and the US are the same indicators that they want to come and use on the African continent. What happened to differential diagnosis? If you say Africa is so rich and is the future and you're so interested in our natural resources, why don't you factor that in? Because when you, do, you list Africa as a high-risk environment, do you know what happens? It gives them an opportunity to charge more. It gives them an opportunity to charge more. Africans could save up to 74.5 billion if credit rating systems were less subjective. And it goes on to say in 2023, S&P, Moody's and Fitch downgraded Ghana, Nigeria, Kenya, Egypt, and Morocco. 
Nigeria and Kenya rejected their ratings. You know, Kenya will always be there. Kenyans are very tough-headed. They said, nope, this is not it. But I was in Ghana when Ghana got downgraded. And I'll tell you, immediately the downgrade happened. Everybody began looking at the country differently in terms of international lenders. Nobody wanted to come to Ghana. Nobody wanted to do business with Ghana. Nobody wanted to lend money to Ghana. Why? Because you're told they're a risky market. Okay, the country is technically bankrupt, but there are other metrics that you can use to determine the economic viability and the economic vibrancy of a country. Bearing in mind that Africa is, is not like the West, we have our own unique set of challenges and that's where differential diagnosis comes in. So I'm not talking from the blues. I saw what it did to that market. I genuinely saw what it did. Kenya went to the IMF, rather Ghana went to the IMF before Kenya did, and Kenya got their money way sooner than Ghana did, despite the fact that Ghana went to the IMF first. You know why? Credit rating system. They're like, you're a risky market. And let me tell you the difference. Kenya, they've been taxing people left, right, and center. Ghana has resources as well. It has gold. It's rich in um, timber and rubber. It has a vibrant coastline where fisheries is very vibrant, but no. Because of credit rating system, Western-based system that ranked Kenya on top of a country that is rich in resources, that's exactly what happens. Let's listen in to what President Kagame had to say. This year's SDG summit has once again raised the alarm about slow pace of SDG implementation, and I commend the Secretary General for the sharp focus he is bringing to this issue. Developing countries are constrained by a debt crisis, including higher costs of borrowing. This is causing economic disparities to widen and slowing down our collective progress towards the Sustainable Development Goals. The primary cause of this crisis is high interest rates in developed economies in order to correct for years of quantitative easing. At the same time, developing countries face exaggerated risk premiums for both currency and political risk, which are simply unjustified. We need serious cooperation to address this. In developing countries, we also have a responsibility to be accountable for the quality of our financial governance and the management of our natural resources. Increasing access to finance also requires reform of our global financial institutions. In this regard, we welcome the proposals of the Bridgetown Initiative, as well as the Paris Summit for a new global financing pact. Rwanda also supports the second replenishment of the Green Climate Fund to create the fiscal space for vulnerable nations to tackle climate change. Africa and small island-developing states, many of which are represented in the Commonwealth, 
want to work with the partners and be part of the solution. Well, thank you very much for watching the video. I just feel like sometimes I come and I talk here and it's almost like, oh, that's just your opinion, you know? But I've, I've worked in media long enough to come here with an informed opinion. But throughout this series, I just want to come with data, you know? The next videos that you'll be seeing is just me with data so that the next time you hear me speaking about these things is not, oh, she's just speaking for the sake of it. It's because before we come here, we do research and it's everything that we say is informed by data. But I also wanted you, I want you to be conversant with that data so that the next time you hear something about Africa or you read something about Africa, you can make an informed decision based off of the data that I've shared with you. Thank you very much for watching. I'll see you again next time. Connect with me on social media, at Ganga on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I'll see you again next time.